meaning from Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Uh, volume one, chapter one, text sixty-two. <clears throat> Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. See Parikshit Uvacha Tatad Vistarya Katayam Raslisham Bhut Patim Muhu Vishasam Shamsa Gunangayam Vinaya Vaishnavotama Parikshit said, Narada, the best of the Vaishnavas, singing along with his Veena, thus expansively described the king, praising his greatness. And Narada embraced him again and again. Om Jnana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksu and Malatamyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishnam Stapitamyena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Manchakalpa turubhyascha kripa sindhu bhayevacha patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivas Adi Ghor Bhaktivrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama, Rama, Hare, Hare. So, this is a group that's mostly been with me. I always do give some summary, uh, just to give the context of where we are. And also, when you give a summary, you kind of get it, you get deeper and deeper. As the, the author Pasquale said, and I repeat this, repeat this many times, he made the point, he wrote someone a letter. He said, I'm sorry the letter was so long, but I didn't have time to write it. Which means with deeper and deeper realizations, the, the, the message can become more and more succinct. And I think we have this experience of it. When I'm not that realized on something, we go on and on and on and on and on. So when you go back, it, it kind of gives like an advantage. So I'm going to just start with Sanatana Goswami's mission. He has to explain Krishna consciousness, not only Krishna consciousness, but the height of Krishna consciousness, the love of the gopis, which he which is described as Sanatana uh, uh, Goswami describes it as. <clears throat> And this is the mantra for what I'm, I'm talking about. Parama Desha Antim. Antim means end. Parama means the topmost. And Desha means stage. And this topmost stage, which Lord Chaitanya wanted to give to the world, Swabhakti Sriyam, Anarpita, Chadim Charat, for a very long time. Once in a day of Lord Brahma, which is 71 times 4,300,000 years, 
So it wasn't given for 4 million times 71 or 4 million times 71 or 72 million years. And now again, it's being given. So it says in our pita, given, ne never given for what? Trim Charan, for a very long time. And so he has to give this. And anyone who's a teacher knows that it's not enough to speak the truth. You have to have the truth understood. And therefore you have to, um, <clears throat> you have to you have to form your truth to the frame of reference of the audience, which is exactly what the Brihat Bhagavatam Rita is. It's taking the Brihat Bhagavatam Rita, the great Bhagavat, the great book, Amrita and giving the, the real essence of it. And a lot of times that's done for communicating a, a book, just like in the very beginning of the Bhagavatam, um, the sages of Namasharanya, who are tri kalagya, who see the future and see the lack of understanding of people and seeing prayenal bhayasha shubha, People are short-lived because preparing out by Yashashu, but Kalabas Manda, they'll be lazy. Sumanda, Mateo, unfortunate. Manda Bhagya, and they'll be disturbed and that, and how to go through the whole teachings. It's just like in school, you know, they give you some book, but you can't read the damn thing. So to get something, you get cliff notes. <laughs> you don't have the patience. You don't have the intellectual capacity. You don't understand the, you know, it's okay. So the, the, the Vedanta Sutra, what is it? it, it, it it's, it's, it's a summary of, of a text to help you understand it. So Kali Yuga, the sages say, Buri, Burini, Karmani, there's so many things. Give us the ultimate and absolute good. So get into Sanatana Goswami's mind. He has to give this Parama Desha Antim, and he has to communicate it to us. And it's, it's not only communicating it, to communicate it, you have to realize it because Prabhupada said that the test of realization is your ability to communicate it. So it's not just that you're, you're so good with words and communication. You have to have the foundational depth of understanding. So in that process of reforming the message, you don't lose it. And what is the message? The message is something that Krishna could not himself fathom. I cannot reciprocate this love. It's so great. So he goes into prayer and receives mercy. Prayer puts oneself, prayer petitions mercy. Prayer puts oneself in the, in the position to, to recognize mercy. 
And therefore, Savasya Chaham Hidisani Vishto Matasmatir Ganam Apona. I am situated in one's heart. For me comes remembrance, forgetfulness, and knowledge. Tesham Satatayuktanam Bajatam Prittipur become the Dami Budiogam Twam Yenamam Upayantite. The Dami, I give that knowledge. So, um, this is actually the, the, the process. It's a path of grace. So, he petitions that, and there's revelation in his heart how to do this. And it's based on when this has been done twice before. It's first done by Jaimini Rishi to Janame Jaya, where Janame Jaya wants a, 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 a kind of a summary of this Mahabharat, but not just other Mahabharat, but this higher revelation of the Mahabharat, which is stuns him. Because Krishna is in the Mahabharat, but the second version brings Krishna out and he sees Krishna's sweetness. And he's, I've never heard this. So he wants something like that. And then he tells a story where, again, that's done by, by, by Maharaj Prickett after he heard the Bhagavatam and his mother requested you know, summarize it for me, you know, explain it to me, give me something. And then the story begins, and the way it's done, in a very intriguing story, that kind of, and, and, and that's what's nice about stories. There's a way that stories open your heart in a way that it's easier to put a message within. Because the first thing in terms of a message is the audience has to be attentive. That's why the Bhagavad Gita is fought on a, on a battlefield. Because when there's a fight, everyone is just completely, there's not looking at it. So it's like a war, everyone is like concentrated. And when Arjuna, you know, drops his bow and then, you know, asks Krishna, then everybody's hearing. And so are we hearing. Because it, it, it's it's in that Mahabharat. So there's like a war and, and, and an intrigue and characters. And, and and by that time, we get to the battlefield and, and, and there's intrigue and we can get... We, he, otherwise, why even give the whole Mahabharat? Give the Bhagavad Gita like straight. So this kind of technique is always that. You know, and I always say, I, I, when I was young, it, there was two beaches we went to. One was Manhattan Beach, which is in Brooklyn. That's like a little higher class than Coney Island Beach. So I remember going to those two. And laying on the sand, and all of a sudden, everyone's running to one side, and people are saying, fight, fight. <laughs> all right? Everyone wants to see that. So get the attention so he tells this intriguing story which does an, an amazing thing because it's a gradation of realizations that build you up to the realization build your frame of reference up to the point 
where you can get a drop of understanding of Parama Desha Antim. You can get a drop of that understanding or a full, full, a glass of that understanding or a bath of that understanding. But you have some hope. One, you're attentive and also your understanding, because it's Desha, it's the top stage, you're under understanding all the other stages on the way of, of pure devotion. And the story begins with Narada Muni at Kumbamela. And I told you how, how that, that scene is there. He's just before the deities, just took bath, Kumbamela, best time. Most amazing experience. He's in, he's in, he's in a very high consciousness and high consciousness there's a type of high consciousness that's not discriminatory because you're just seeing the, the the world so much through the lens of love that you're just seeing the best in others and you're projecting your own love in, in where you see just like you know someone's depressed the whole world becomes dark someone is manic the whole world becomes light and what is prame-filled than the world? Well, you do. You see God. You see God's energies. Just another point, the whole Bhagavatam is based on this principle that we have to make spiritual knowledge relevant. And because Vyasadeva couldn't do it, he became depressed because it was his message. And then Bhakti Yogena Manasi, he fixed his mind, Samyak Pranayate, without distraction. And then Apashyat, Purusham, then he saw. So the story begins with Narada, who in this very high consciousness, and he's in incognito, because you don't want to come to the Dham as the Acharya. Because then everybody else surrounding you will be pushing you and tempting you in a direction which you don't want to go, which is I am guru, I am the center. You really relish just being, it's just like before Govardhan, because my room faces Govardhan. So when I sit and chant, I'm facing Govardhan. And what I like to feel is that I am the subject and not the, I'm the object and not the subject. I like to meditate that I'm on the periphery of God who's manifest in Govardhan. Not that Govardhan is on the periphery of my consciousness, is which the way in the false ego, we always have that consciousness. We are the center, everyone's surrounded by us, surrounding us. And therefore, we tend to look at things in terms of control and enjoyment. So to switch that consciousness from the seer to the seen is a big thing in bhakti. That's why Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, when he would go to see the deities, he would go to see the deities. <clears throat> um, he would take off his glasses. He didn't want to see the deities. He wanted the deities to see him. 
And what did he want to see? Oh, what is it? Sarva Asha Tukva. That he had given up all, all other desires. He, he's coming without any personal desire. When the, the wives of the Brahmins came to Krishna, he liked it because he saw in their heart they had no personal desire. Going before the deities in that consciousness. So he saw this Brahmin, and then, then we get the template of the whole story. Narada will see a Vaishnav and, and begin to glorify. We'll, we'll see his vision. We'll see Narada's vision, what he sees. So he saw this incredibly aristocratic Brahmin who is so humble. At the end of his incredible worship, he finishes and says, now whatever benefit I accrue, I give to you. And then, Narada goes and praises the devotee. So we see the glories of a pure devotee through Narada's eyes. And uh, through a description of that person, it's usually from, anyway, and, and from that person's response. And he doesn't, because that's the nature of pure devotee. He really doesn't want to be in the center. He takes the center as a service for his spiritual master if he has a position of leadership of management, but he really doesn't want to take the center. And he doesn't identify with that. Because he's seeing God, and that's very humble. Because he, he sees God everywhere, because he's not in Maya. And Maya means to see God's energy is not his, to allow you to bask in that illusion that I'm the center in control. But when you really have a devotional attitude, your surroundings are look as belonging to God. That's why, um, that's what karma yoga is. You have desires, but you give the, some fruit to Krishna. By giving the fruit, you see it as Krishna's. And it starts to change your vision. Um, giving class here with Jack. He comes from a tithing family. <laughs> and he also tithes every month. <laughs> it's funny how it's in his family. He got that from his family. He came to Krishna consciousness. He tithes every month. Tithes means he gives something of his income for God. Parents would always do that. And, and you can say, as far as I guess your father's a businessman, fairly successful, mm -hmm. right? And there's so much ego in that, right? Mm -hmm. So that was probably a part of his life that kind of kept him in a spiritual parameters. Mm -hmm. So, um, This Brahmin wanted nothing from his way in his heart. And you can see the face is the index of the soul. You can see that. You can see that um, in a person's face, his mind. You can see his devotion, not by his actions, by the expressions on his face especially if you grew up in New York and you have those special antennas, 
where you walk around, you got to walk around New York, you, you kind of start having to understand what's on people's minds. And then Narada points to a king. So you, now you get the description of the king. And his kingdom, he's so advanced, everything like the, the description of the kingdom is unbelievable. The temple worship, the Pisadam, the saintly devotees, the citizens doing Dharma, the regularity of the reigns due to the king's piety and worship, Anad Bhavanti Bhutani, Parjanya, Anas, all living beings success, subsist on food grains. Food grains come from rain, and rain comes from sacrifice. Nayam Lokas Without sacrifice, there's no benefit in this life or the next. So he, he sees that. And then the, the feature of the king is that although he has this incredible kingdom, he puts it under the care of the he puts it under the care of the, there's many temples in his kingdom with incredible prasadam. And, 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 and food is a good parameter of consciousness. We had here yesterday a, uh, a little, uh, the, the regular Tuesday program here. And Rasik cooked a Akadasi feast. They were very sattvic. He said, very nice. You can tell his consciousness. I from very nice. Vegan spring rolls, cashew sauce baked, sweet potato casserole, and some kind of bread, sweet, look like a cake, but different, and some vegetables and some mulberries from the garden. The mulberry sauce from the mulberries in my backyard. Jack somehow has something growing in that backyard. <laughs> and they could. But you can tell us that the bashana was so good. But he put his whole kingdom, and these things can't be imitated artificially, but it's kind of put the whole kingdom in the name of. Uh, the the um, the deities, which means the Brahmins had more control ultimately than he did. So then Narada saw that and he heard this. Narada heard this description because the Brahmins saying, "Go to this kingdom." He goes to the kingdom. It's even better. He's blown away. You ever go to a place and it meets your expectations? I remember when they were first trying to convince me to go to Kali, and there's an ashram there. I, I was like, I had an image of it, you, you know. When I went there, it was like stunning. It was better. It was better. So, um, so Narada just went and just glorified the king profusely. Now, I because I read this last time, I'll just quickly. 
Um, he bowed his head in embarrassment, hearing his own praise. Because it humbles one, if one is humble. <laughs> because it, it, you don't see it, the eyes of others should be more generous to you than you are for yourself. And you, you, and you should be you should be more generous with others than you are than, with yourself. If you're if you're healthy, <laughs> if you already have you feel loved, because if you feel loved, then insignificance won't affect your your self esteem. Let me see that you you look at others. Excuse me. Let me see. You look at others as greater than they are, and you see yourself as as. And you see yourself less than you are in one sense. So something like that, but you feel love, so no insignificance. That's how I resolve the humility, low self-esteem. Because when you're humble, you can really feel love. That gives so much value to you, where you don't have to be significant. So and so it's weighed on him because it, it, it's it's opposition to the direction he wants to go. He wants to be humble. He doesn't want to feel significance because that creates a kind of these military domes that destroy bombs that they come out. It destroys Krishna's mercy. <laughs> boom. Krishna's mercy is coming and your false egos. Boom, boom. And the king, now here's here's one thing too. Well, the king doesn't accept it because he knows that human being has a short life. And he, he, he look at his opulence in relationship to God. So he doesn't really feel he has much, nor does he feel it's his. And he sees that he's under the modes of nature. You know, you can be as powerful you want. You still get sick. You still get old. Um, and therefore, there's always fear. That's one of the clashes. One of the five psychological underpinnings of the asmita, the ego. That's your particular identification with the body. And avidya, the, the illusion itself that you're the body. And um, so, um, so, and fear is there. Fear, because whatever attachment you have that is painful when it goes away, it all goes away at death. The prophet said, don't think it won't happen to you. And can you imagine that moment that you have to face where you're losing everything you're attached to? Your friends, your family, your bank account, your prestige, your position. Can you imagine that everyone has faced that in the world? 
and how little people are prepared for it. I know this one sadhu in Vrindavan, and he, he lived kind of in the woods, and sometimes there were snakes, and he got attacked and beat up by dacoits, you know, wanting whatever money he had. But his mood was, whenever you want to take me, Krishna, he's really advanced. Yeah, he's really advanced. He's got that level of faith. It's rare. And he said that, I don't even think I deserve mercy in the future. Because when you're in the material world, your activities always come down to that conditioned platform. You eat, you go, you know, you, there's so many things in relationship to the body, even when you're serving Krishna, even when you're quite pure. But when, when you're quite pure, you start to see, you see those things. He, he doesn't feel qualified. And, they, and then he directs Narada to the demigods. Now the king says, not me, now go see the... So this is where you get the progression. But I think the first part is called Purna. It's, it's on the earth. I don't think there's much distinction between this Brahmin, the king, and the demigods. But there are higher and higher levels. They'll go to higher and higher planes. Okay, he's going to the plane of the demigods. Now, it's an interesting thing with the demigods, which I really have to meditate, because their mercy is terms of... Is, is, Nard is looking for the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy. And his evaluation... Or, 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 or the king's evaluation of the demigods, when you see the demigods, that mercy is in terms of a better material life. So the mercy of Krishna there is, the mercy of a better material life is for those people who can handle it in a way that um, they recognize the the facility it gives them to worship God. So for the demigods, it's more like that. They have an easier life on one platform. So, and, and you could see how poverty ruins all good qualities and sometimes the difficulties we have. Although, it comes to us for us, so we're here for a particular reason to get purified. But we can see that one day we hope we're free from material inequities to fully worship Krishna. But if we were fully, fu fully free from material inequities right now, we'd just be enjoyers. <laughs> we would we would immediately shift into wow. Look how everything around me is set up. I'm being joke. We become like Bezos and Gates and, and, and you know, all those other people who are absolutely in total fear. They're in total fear because if they don't have God, they know it's going to end. And it's, they're on death row enjoying their last meal. And it may be a pretty opulent last meal, but it doesn't matter. It's a last meal and you know it. You can't enjoy the last meal. No matter whether it's a super yacht and a beautiful woman and, and 
a big mansion and power to control the world. So it's going to describe they have effulgent bodies. They are, he said the demigods are real objects of Supreme Lord Vishnu's mercy. They have effulgent bodies and are always worshipable by men. They're sinless. They're fixed in goodness, free from distress, or, or always happy. That can be used in devotional service. They, they travel where they want. They don't have to go damn for the damn visa and renewing your passport. And they can give blessings to, to fulfill the devotee's desires. And their food is nectar. And when they eat it, they don't have death, disease, or old age. They're not forced by hunger or thirst. And they, and they, they enjoy this nectar or as you pronounce it properly in English, nectar. <laughs> I just wanted to try to pronounce things more properly. <laughs> oh, godly Narada, on the strength of their good fortune, they live in the realm of heaven, which humans on earth can attain only by pur purpose of pious work. So Indra is someone who, I think it says, performed a hundred, 100 Ashramedi yagyas, so poor sacrifices. So these things are powerful. I told you, uh, my friend Madhava Mishra, a good tantric, powerful tantric, and he did a yagya in my my courtyard from nine o'clock at night to eight o'clock in the morning. It was like it was about seven or eight hours. Sit, you can't go to the bathroom once you're there. Spent about $3,000. Old wood, kilos of Kashmiri saffron, the Russian and Ukrainian devotees. It was for their benefit. Also, from Iran, one devotee sat in. And afterwards, the fire burned for 24 hours. I mean, it wasn't a flame of fire, but I could still see the red in that. So you can imagine that powerful. These are powerful things, tantrics. They can really manipulate the material energy. So you can imagine that kind of thing and a horse sacrifice. The horse's life become rejuvenated doing a hundred of those. So it, it, it's... So to, to attend uh, uh, heaven is only by Bharata Varshe Satpunye, perfectly pious Labyate is attained. So, and now what he does, now he points to, and the king, The king deflects the praise and he says, therefore, you want to see the object of mercy, you see Purund Purundara Indra, the present king of the universe. Indra is a post. It's not just a person. 
and he has full power to reward it. Worship, um, it gives the world life by providing rain. And he rules with 71 yuga cycles. So he's for the whole, the whole life of Lord Brahma, there's one Indra. But he lives 71 times 1,300,000. So this is the king of all kings. And it described he has his horse, which is Vitrashraba, and this elephant, Aravata, and his cow can be milked for any desires. And he has the Nandanandana garden. Like Jack's out here <laughs> with two boxes and some plants. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're working on that. Nila Nalachala Ashram. We're working on the garden now. It's so nice. I went out this morning and I picked the flowers from my deities. Mm. But did it rain last night? Um, I don't think so. There's too much water on the plants. I watered last night, so that's fine. I think it, it, I think it was too much water. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure it needs that much water. I think it. And 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 the Nandan has desire trees, the Parijata. The Parijata is an incredible tree. There's, there was one in Govardhan, and you don't pick the flowers. You put a cloth around the root of it. And then every evening it rains the flowers, little white flowers with orange. Mm. So, and wish fulfilling trees. And, and anyway, it's just another world. But I'm just going to have to go a little bit early. I have a lot to do today. Um, but Jamunajai, you must have extracted some kernel <laughs> nectar. I did, Maharaj. Thank you so much for class. Um, it's actually, in a way, this whole sequence is reminding me um, of just a little while ago when we were doing the Shaitanya Bhagavat, and there's that lovely scene of everyone like falling obeisances to each other. I remember we spent a couple classes, everyone was like one and after the other, and I was in my mind, I was seeing this line of Vaishnav just like falling, paying obeisances, and that's what I was sort of like feeling this like this whole section is, no you, no you, no you, no you, and such a beautiful image of what we should be doing, um, de deflecting the praise. And so I just, and there's something you said on Sunday that I'm really still meditating about, the the heaviness of praise, like the, the, the crown to get it off me. So I was really just reflecting on that today as you were speaking. Wow. Yeah, it's humility, humility, humility. St. Augustine said there are three most important qualities in spiritual life. And they asked mm. him what it is. Humility, humility, humility. Mm. Okay, anyone else like to say hello? Ready. I can't hear you. You don't have good enough reception. Thank you very much. This is Krishna. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I, I know you're there, but the reception is not good. Okay, anyone else? Sudama? Hare Krishna Maharaj. My good friend. Nice to see you after so long. Yes, yes. I'm so unfortunate to not having your association. When's the last time you were in Govardhan? Uh, actually, before COVID. Yeah. The year before. You didn't see your Guru Maharaj's retreat center. No, no. It's a Just whole... Videos. It's a whole other level of having those COVID on retreats because you know so much nice facility and beautiful and this the sound system everything. Anyway, it's great to see you and thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Okay. Anybody else? Very Thank nice. You for the Thank, Thank you. you so much. Anybody else? Eric Kirshner Garage, Slogavinda. And Broja, thank you Thanks for class. For class. And thank you for yesterday. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. great. It's nice to have a community event like that. It creates more enthusiasm for people where they live. Yeah. yeah. This happening, like I never expected to be any Krishna consciousness in South Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Or a center of it, but it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Really and everybody great. coming together and good prasad, right? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay, Haribo. Haribo. Okay, anyone else? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Tota Gopi not here. Good to okay, hear from you. Tota. We'll keep Haribo. in touch about the weekend. I'm still trying to figure out whether I'll go or not. Okay, anybody else? Okay. Hare Krishna Gurudev. Sri Radhika here. Oh, Sri Radhika. Hare Krishna. Nice to see you. Thanks oh. for the class. Thank Your you. friend enjoyed the class last time? So much, yes. She was here for four days and Krishna gave her a bhakti retreat here. <laughs> and we, I introduced Krishna consciousness to her and she really enjoyed it. And we had a good time together, yes. That's great to have company and they come. Okay. Anybody Thank else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Who, who's this, Gail? It's Kristen. I Hi. just want to say, Hare Krishna. Not, Kristen, nice thank to see you. you. Nice to see you. Um, thank you so much for class. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Great to see you on. Thank you. I may come up uh, to uh, Raghunath's place. He won't be there, but Rasik and Mallory for maybe from the 25th to the 6th of July. Maybe. I'll okay. Well, wonderful. Oh. I'll definitely connect with, with Mallory. And come okay. and see her. Anybody Thank else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. This is Gail. <laughs> it looks like Gorni Thai, but anyway, go ahead. No, oh, no, this is Goranga from Echo Village. Okay. I said Gorni Thai, but anyway, Anybody else? Oh, no, no, Gail, excuse me. <laughs> questions? No, thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> Giving you a break today. Okay, you're, you're an ocean of mercy. <laughs> Anybody else? 
Say hello. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. This is Samala Kamala. Always nice to see you, Amala. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thank you very much, Guru. Good. Okay. Okay. I'm looking at the list. I see all the people that came, every one of you. And I thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.